You're listening to the Quince podcast. I'm your host Vikram and you're listening to Southern Slurp. The Quince podcast where I take you on a quintessentially South Indian journey of food, recipes, stories and song. And today we are going to talk about Papad, or as we call it in South of India, Appalam or Pappadam. The one food item that announces the beginning of a South Indian feast. And when there's nothing to eat, except some rice and maybe buttermilk, it becomes a substitute for all other dishes. You may be a super spy, but this is something you can't eat silently. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the crunchy, the crispy, the crumbly, absolutely tasty... Appadam, Pappadam, Papad. Well, they're all the same but different. You could call them lentil wafers since they're basically made of lentil flour. But the cultural connect is in the name. Appadam or Pappadam if you happen to have an affinity for the Malayali version. You see, it's natural to compare it with the Papad of North India. Both are similar in the sense that they're made of seasoned lentil flour that's either fried in oil or roasted over a fire. But the Papad is not an appalam, is not a pappadam. Here's how they differ. First off, the papad is also a snack. It's offered at restaurants as you wait for your order to arrive. You'll find it at meals and exhibitions sprinkled with chaat masala or chilli powder. And you eat it whenever you feel like. The appalam and the pappadam are not snacks. They are part of a meal. It can only be seen as a food item in the context of a large, elaborate feast or as a mainstay that's inevitable for lunch or at the dinner table at home. The papad could be made of gram flour and usually has pepper in it as popularized by legit papads. The appalam is usually made of urad dal flour. But of course, like with everything else, it has a lot of variations like rice appalam, uh, tapioca appalam and more. It expands to twice its size when fried. The papadam too has an urad dal base but with a rising agent. And so it bubbles and rises up like a puri when fried. The appalam keeps well for up to 15 months while the pappadam lasts a couple of weeks at the most. All clear? Shall we move on? The appalam and pappadam are peripheral items that are part of a meal. Yet their status in South Indian culture is almost impossible to describe. But I am going to try. Before we bite into the story, here's the traditional recipe for appalam that's remained unchanged for centuries. It's like the great white shark. It's already at the pinnacle of evolution, so there's nothing to change. Presenting my party Lalita, who'll give you the lowdown on how it's made at home, which is where it was made, in houses of rural Tamil Nadu, or in the tiny yet sparse lower middle class homes in the cities where it was sold. Not until the 1960s did machines take over. And the Vella Voltamberpa, Nana or Karpo Voltamberpa, Nadu Lella Ilama, Purki Edith Vichita. Take the white Urad dal and remove the black ones and grind in the grinding stone. We used to do it that way in those days. Nowadays you get ready made flour. They say it's pure and fresh, but I don't know about that. You take rock salt and dissolve it in water. Then you take the perandai weed that looks like a long series of stick with ridges. 
You remove the ridges, grind it and filter out the juice. Jeera. 1 tablespoon for a kilo of flour. Add the salt, jeera and the perengai juice to the flour. Also add the heen. We used to get the LG heen in those days. So we dissolve that too in some water and add to the flour. Mix all of it together and then knead it well. There is a method to kneading the dough for the appalam. You must use the heel of your palm to push the dough downward and forward and keep doing it. You can keep touching a little bit of coconut oil to it. Careful not to use too much. Then we take someone's help. We place it on the edge of the mortar, not inside the hole. And with the pestle, knead it even further. Then check if the salt and heeng are all right by tasting a little. Add a little more dissolved in a little water if you want. It needs to be thicker than the chapati dough. Then take it little by little, knead it a little more and then roll it into long cylinders like a long snake using a little bit of oil. Then using the knife, cut it into equal size pieces and then roll into flat shape. After this, you need to spread it when there is sunlight, either on open concrete or on a white cloth. If there is no sunlight the same day, then keep it spread out. It shouldn't be placed on top of another. Cover it with a basket with holes in it. In those days in the village when a house made uplums, about 10 women from other houses would too come and join in to help. We would end up making around 400 and then dry it in the sun. When the edges start rising up, pick up the uplums immediately and store it. Thank you. Ah, if you want more such recipes, I'd ask you to go check out the full playlist of Southern Slurp. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Geo Savan. Let's take a segue now to a particular weed that party mentions. Cissus quadrangularis, aka the Welt Grape, Adamant Creeper or the Devil's Backbone. This cactus-like creeper has been a part of the South Indian diet for at least 4,000 years, if not more. It finds mentioned in the Agana Nur, an anthology of 400 poems composed by over 140 poets compiled in the 1st century. It also has elaborate mentions in Ayurveda. Externally, it helps heal broken bones, hence the name Hadjod in Hindi. And when cooked and eaten, usually as a fried thick chutney, it alleviates indigestion, joint pains and irregular menses. Its juice is the secret juice, if you will, that gives the apalam that bite in taste and also makes it safe to eat. That's why you can eat a dozen apalams without turning into a gas bag. It's not often that recipes reveal their secret ingredient, so hold on to this one. Might come in handy either when you make apalams at home or just impress the crowd at a dinner. But how long have we been eating the apalam and the papadam in the south? And have they always been a part of the lunch or dinner table? To answer this, we need to look to the king's feast. The Yashas Tilaka, written in 959 AD, is one of the many treatises on Jain culture and life in the Rashtrakuta Empire. In this Kannada book, Somadeva talks about the lunch of rich people in the Deccan. Here's the menu. White shining didivi rice, broths of golden hue, butter, 
curries, well-cooked dainty dishes, thick curds, milk, rice with milk, sweets, water perfumed with camphor and papada. The Bhavisha Yattakaha, written by Dhanapala in the 10th century, describes the royal feast that starts with sali rice and mukdadhal with ghee, where various types of papada and kachara adorn the table. Siddhasena, a Jain monk in the 5th century, describes a posh feast as beginning first with washing your hands, then placing a plate in front and feasting on dried grapes and cashew nuts. Then came the melons and vegetables like cucumber, carrots and some dal, followed by different types of parparas, which is what papadams and appalams were called, which had to be relished. Well, that's the instruction. From ancient times up until today, a South Indian feast is incomplete without an appalam. Google an Onam Sadhya image and you will invariably find a papadam on the top right of the banana leaf. It has to be there, covering the pickles or the raitas or lying glibly over the heaped rice in the centre. Speaking of the Sadhya, we do have a rather delicious episode on its history, the birth of some of the iconic dishes in it and the order in which they are laid out, plus the legend of Mahabali. Check it out in the playlist. In Kerala, it's not the appalam but the pappadam that's reigning champion. Surprisingly, the pappadam has always been prepared by pappadam makers who were a part of every village in those days. They were sold in kettes or bundles. In Matanjeri, a locality in Kochi, lives one of the oldest pappadam making families of Kerala. The house they live in is in itself over a century old. The Malayas would supply papadams in bulk to ships that berthed at the Matanjari Wharf. They would be sold to the Chandler, not the Chandler Bing, the sarcastic one from Friends, but the ship's Chandler, who specialises in the retail of supplies for the ship's stores. This was risky business because sometimes the ships wouldn't arrive and the papadams would have to be thrown away in bulk. You see, unlike the appalams, you can't store them for long. The ingredients are almost the same as with an appalam except that a rising agent is used that old timers call pappadam masala, basically cooking soda. Even today, the Malia family make about a thousand pieces each day, which are sold out by evening. The pappadam and appalam are of course inevitable in a South Indian feast, but they are also the poor man's food. What's beautiful about this crunchy condiment is that it is equally at home, at home. I have rice, rasam and a seasonal vegetable that's either sautéed or fried for lunch. Rasam is replaced by sambar or kurambal, which is a spicy and non-dal version of sambar, depending on the mood. Just three courses and an appalam is ideal for this simple meal. In fact, it is the appalam that continues to lift families out of poverty even today. You know, South Indians always made appalams and pappadams at home, like with pickles or other preserves. How did we come to buy them? Listen to the story of Ayyappan and Ambika. Ayyappan was a poor youngster who left his hometown Trishur in Kerala and came to Chennai to eke out a better livelihood. Now here you'll find the pappadam maker connect. In 1915, in his tiny home in Tinaga, he started making pappadams. Papadams last no more than a week or two. Ayyappan would sell 5 or 10 bundles of 20 papadams a day to eke out a livelihood. After a while, he also made and sold appalams. 
The fact that apple arms could be stored for over 15 months was a boon during World War II when veggies and other food items were scarce. By this time, Ayyappan's son Velayudam took over the business from his father. He sold the apalams and pappadam on a cycle from Mailapur and Tinagar all the way to Tambaram, a good 30 km stretch. Also, Tambaram was literally a different town back then. By 1963, Velayudam's apalam business had boomed into Ambika Apalam Depot, where both men and machines manufactured apalams and pappadams and other condiments in bulk. Thanks to the rise of nuclear families, and the unavailability of raw materials readily, people began buying the apalams, which were until that time exclusively homemade. While the art of drying the apalams on the terrace is all but dead, as is the art of stealing and chewing on the drying pieces of flavoured dough, the apalam had completely taken over Tamil Nadu, and Ambika apalams were the pioneers in making it wholesale. But is there a right way of eating apalams? You see, appalams and pappadams have love stories. Some like to hold them in their hand and alternate between a bite of appalam and a mouthful of sambar rice. Others like to place it at the centre of the leaf or plate and slam it like twacking a mosquito and then heaping some rice and rasam over it. Still others pour two ladles of payasam onto the leaf and then crumple a pappadam over it and mix the two and eat. The curious mix of savoury and sweet and the texture of the pappadam that goes from crunchy to mushy as you lick the paisam clean is a golden hammer to the brain. But there's yet another way of eating the appalam and that is as a kurumba. The appala kurumba is a curious recipe. The kurumba is a thin gravy like sambar that is eaten by mixing it in rice. It has no dal in it and is high on red chilli heat and tamarind. The usual vegetable is either pumpkin or fried okra or small onions. It was probably in Tirnalveli that the veggies were replaced with the appalam and the kurumba. Tirnalveli is famously barren and is usually sparse in agriculture. The food of the place, therefore, unlike tanjore, which is a rice bowl and has rich food, is equally sparse yet extremely tasty. Here then is the recipe for the appala kurumba. You must try this at home. If something feels off, you've either gone wrong with the amount of salt or you just need to let it simmer and reduce for a bit more. Listen to Anuradha, who's been cooking this for over four decades. I haven't tasted a better version of this thus far on the planet. Preparation of Appla Korambu. Ingredients. Tamarind, the size of uh, Indian gooseberry. Mm, a little salt. Sambar powder. Appalam, of course. Chana dal is a must. Asphotida or hing. One inch piece of uh, hing. And uh, curry leaves. So, you soak the tamarind in warm water for some time. You have to do a garnish of uh, mustard. Chana dal. Put the hing in also so that it uh, fries out properly and after after these have become a little red add the papad which you have torn into uh, each papad has to be torn into eight pieces and fry it in the remaining oil so that it blossoms after it has done so add the curry leaves and add the tamarind paste a little watery not very thick a little watery and then the salt turmeric and the sambar powder let it boil for some time. It should not go down too much like Vata Korambu, but it should reduce a little bit. 
the consistency should be a little thicker than what you uh, started in the beginning and the smell of the sambar powder becomes more mellow and that's it turn off the whole process takes about 15 minutes that's all the appalam or papadam can either be fried in sesame oil or coconut oil in kerala the leftover coconut oil is sometimes poured over rice mixed well and eaten the spices from the papadam would have flavored the oil which in turn gave the rice a uniquely delicious taste but it can also be eaten by roasting over an open fire or over the gas stove and this method works better for the appalam because in a wood or coal fire it absorbs the flavor of the smoke and over a gas stove flame the urad dal flavor comes through magnificently you could try it with a papadam as well but it doesn't work that well with the papadam it's all about the dilation and the way the wafer melts in your mouth so it has to be fried the appalam is only a small part of the south indian feast but it's irreplaceable nothing else that's equally crunchy or flavorful and there are many such condiments comes close to the cult status that the appalam enjoys and it's not tradition that dictates this it is taste i'm going to fry me some papadams now check out more stories on south indian food on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and geo7 and as always thank you for listening